Welcome to Ridgecrest Baptist. We thank you for listening. Now, here is this week's message. Um, I don't really need to preach that verse, that song is enough. Um, uh, when I actually first told me about that song, the first time I heard it, I said, yep, this is the one we're going to sing. Um, this song is, I listen to it all the time. Um, so I asked Kevin on Wednesday, we had kind of planned out a schedule, um, and the kids have been practicing um, the songs in a different order, um, and so we uh, we were going to sing three, and then I was going to speak, and then uh, we were going to have an invitation, but just uh, Wednesday night we were practicing, and just hearing them worship, and hearing them sing, and practice, and just the words of that song, and the one that we sing at the end, um, I just really wanted to switch it up, um, and just leave um, excited, leave on a um, just a a joyous moment, so hopefully um, the Lord will move in us and we'll just get excited. It won't be my words, but pray that that's what we feel at the end. Um, and so we've got a song at the end and that will be our invitation. Um, and it really won't be a normal invitation. Me and Albert will be standing up here, but um, just a time to worship and sing and to be excited um, in that. And so um, as I was preparing for tonight, what we were going to talk about, what I was going to talk about tonight, um, before we get started, um, I had... Uh, caramel, macchi- caramel macchiato with triple espresso before I got here, and so I need to pray to to slow down. And so, so let's pray. Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father, for your word, God, for being able to sing your praises for what you have done for us. God, I pray that your word goes forth, God. It is not my word, God. That it is your glory, God, and your glory alone. We thank you for what you've done, and for um, just I pray that you are honored. Uh, I pray that you speak to us tonight. In your name, we pray. Amen. Um, so, uh, okay, good. Uh, we're, if you have your Bible, the only place I'm going to ask you to turn to is Deuteronomy chapter 10. I, cha- I changed it if it's up there. I changed it. Um, so we're doing Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. And we're going to kind of be all over the place. And so this is the only place I'm going to ask you to go. Um, so as I was thinking about tonight and what we we're sharing tonight and the different... Um, Kind of all the words of the song, the three songs kind of have a similar theme. And I started thinking about um, just my own personal walk with the Lord. And so I'm going to admit something. I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. I know that, you know, he's a great role model for all of us. But, uh, um, you know, I just love his music or whatever. And But I read a thing by him. Um, it was towards the end of his life after June Carter had passed. And he was talking about his relationship with God. He got saved later on and... Grew up in the church, but you know he lived how he lived and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But um, what he said, I kind of I don't know if I'm quoting it right or um, I couldn't find it. But he basically said that he really didn't pray anymore. That he just kind of just talked to God whenever and just God knew his thoughts. And when I heard that, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's an easy way to do this life with the Lord. And and he might not have said that, and that might not have been what he meant or anything. But, um, And so for years, that's kind of how I lived. I was like, well, did you seek the Lord? Did you pray? Did you go in your closet and do what the Bible says? Like, oh, no, I, I thought about it. And God knows what I'm thinking, and God knows my heart. And that's not what the Bible says at all. And I started thinking about what does it mean to fear the Lord? What does it mean to, to humble myself before God? And that's not it at all. Living that way where, oh, God just knows my thoughts. And that might not have been what Johnny Cash said, but that's what I took from it. And it ruined my walk with the Lord for years. And I treated this, this relationship with him without respect, without reverence, 
and just kind of nonchalant. And the Lord has been challenging me lately and the last few years and just that's kind of where I want to go tonight. And it's what does it mean to fear the Lord and who are we in Him um, is kind of what we're going to talk about. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 10, um, this is when Moses is receiving the Ten Commandments the second time. You know, the first time he gets them on the mountain and he comes down, they built the calf, he breaks them, all, all that happens. And so this is the second time he receives them. And in verse 12, it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the, com- the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. So the first thing God tells the Israelites after he gives them the Ten Commandments is to, to fear the Lord, to obey him, to love him with all of your heart, to serve him, with all of your soul, you know, this is the command from the Lord is to fear Him. And what did that look like then and what does it look like now? What it looked like then was fear with trembling. And they trembled before God with fear. When Moses is getting the Ten Commandments the first time and he goes into the, uh, up the mountain in Exodus 19, God gives him all these things that cannot happen. He says, you're going to come up and I'm going to give you the law and no one can touch the mountain. No animal can touch the mountain or they will die because of his holiness. And so he's given all these strict things. And in Hebrews chapter 12, um, it ex- kind of explains that in verse 18 through 21. It says, um, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and a storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking word that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they cannot bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. And so this is how they lived. This is, they lived in that fear of God. And why, why they lived in that fear of God is for two reasons. Um, probably a hundred reasons, but two main reasons. was One, God's holiness. And God was, is so holy. Not was, he is so holy. And because of our sin, we can't be in his presence. When our sin, when Moses was on the mountain, only Moses was allowed to be in God's presence. And because of our sin, we couldn't even touch the mountain that God was on. And so, uh, when in Exodus 33, 34, uh, when Moses is up on the mountain and he's asking God to show me your glory, and that's the, one of the coolest stories in the Bible, but because Moses is a sinful man, he doesn't get to see all of God's glory. God puts Moses in the cleft of the rock and hides his face so when he passes, he only gets to see the back of God. And because he got to see the back of God, it changed him forever. And because of God's holiness, they trembled in fear. And the other reason is because of their sin. God, we, they trembled in fear and fear of their, because of their sin. They are unholy. God is holy, they are unholy. Um, and this isn't just in the Old Testament time. It talks about it in Romans chapter 1. And, you know, that's probably the hardest chapter to read in the Bible is Romans chapter 1 where and it says that the wrath of God will be revealed uh, for the ungodliness and the unrighteousness of man. And then it sums it up in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because there is this, this division, this separation between God and man, God's holiness and man's sinfulness, Something needed to break. Something needed to change. And I told Brother Albert, I said, you know, he asked me if I was ready for today. And I said, I probably could have preached this message last week. 
Um, but it wasn't my turn. <laughs> but the cross happened. And because the cross happened, a change happened. And in um, Romans chapter 5, verse 9, let me turn there it says that um, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And in 1 John 2, 1 and 2, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteousness, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the wrath of God was satisfied. And all of our sin, all of our filthiness, all of our shame, all of our trying hard, all of our trying to keep the law, all of our, this is, I'm doing the best I can, all was nailed to the cross. And Jesus said, I have taken it and I have nailed it to the cross. And it is no longer, it doesn't matter, you can't work hard enough, you can't be good enough. And our ungodliness and our unrighteousness was nailed to the cross with him. And so because he became that atoning sacrifice for if we put our faith in him, then we are forgiven and we have our sins are forgiven and we have we can have salvation, we can have grace, we can have eternal life. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, back to that story, the first part, it talks about the mountain of fear and how the Israelites were just trembled in fear. But it goes on in verse 22, it says, but you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Um, And so it, it just goes on. And it talks about how this is now called the mountain of joy. And so no longer are we fear, we um, trembling before God in fear because of our sin, because of our holiness, our unholiness, because of God's holiness, but we're trembling before Him with joy. And that's what it means to fear the Lord if you are in Christ, is to tremble before Him in joy. Nothing has changed. God is still holy. We still have sin. But if we are in Christ, we have been forgiven. We have been freed of those sins. And we are trembling before him um, and with joy and in reverence and not in fear. So what's the difference now? And that's the question that, um, you know, that we are to ask ourselves if we are believers. If we are in Christ, what is the difference? The difference is, is that our life has been bought with a price. Christ gave his all for us on the cross. And he said, if you believe in me, um, then you can have eternal life if you put your faith in me. But when you put your faith in Christ, you're making him Lord and Savior of your life. And when you make him Lord of your life, that demands your everything. It demands my everything. It demands my surrender, my reverence, my all, my family, my job, my finances. Everything belongs to him. Um, and because that demands our all, then we are to sing His praise. We are to shout His name. We are to share His name with our community, with our city, in this church. We are to, to live and obey His word. These are things that God has commanded us to do. We no longer have to fear and, and tremble in that way. 
But as we worship and we bow in reverence to Him, these are the things that He has commanded us to do, and that is what we are called to do as a church and as believers in Christ Jesus. We are called to do these things. If we are in Christ, we have been commanded to give our all, but we are also are free and we're forgiven. These songs that, we've, that the kids have gotten to sing tonight are reminders of what Christ did, and it is Christ alone that did it. Um, and Satan loves to remind you of things that you did in your past. He loves to remind you of sins that God has forgiven. Um, we, uh, me and Ashley and a few of us went to Kevin's Pioneer 61 event. Um, and they showed this, lady, this video, um, the video, the documentary, and this lady was sharing about um, who she used to be. And um, we all know Kevin's, uh, what Pioneer 61 does. Um, and so she was sharing who she was in the past and how she got to where she was, and she was doing it for her kids and stuff. And then she met Pioneer 61 and wanted a new life, wanted to get out of that life. And, and she was talking to people, and they said, don't bring your kids around here. You can't be around that. You, this is who you are. This is what you do. And she says, you can't call me those names anymore. You can't call me um, a prostitute. You can't call me these things. I'm different. Satan's going to look at us and he's going to say, you're a liar, you're an adulterer, you're a sinner, you're these different things. But if you are in Christ, he can't call you those names. only thing you are is free and forgiven. And we can't let him keep reminding us of that. Jesus saves, and he's the only one that can save. The next thing we have is we have the victory. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Death has been swallowed up. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? We're, we have the victory in Christ Jesus. His buried body began to breathe. And in the silence, um, the roaring lion declared, The grave has no claim on me. Jesus Christ is the victory. And that's what we have if we are in Christ. So my challenge, I didn't have a lot to say tonight. It's probably take 10 seconds. But if you do not know Christ as your Savior, if you do not know Him, if you are living your life um, however, then I pray that you come and know Him. I pray that um, you see the forgiveness and the grace that He offers. Last week, Brother Albert preached, Do you believe it? And it was the most simplest of messages. Jesus is either Lord or He isn't. And to you, He's either Lord or He isn't. Do you believe it? And if you're an unbeliever, do you believe that He is Lord? I will stake my life and my family on this. He is Lord. Do you do the same? And if you are a believer, then He is Lord. And He is who we sing our praises to. And He is who we worship. It doesn't matter what kind of song it is or the beat of the song. We are to sing His praises and to live out His name. If you want to know who Jesus is, then we would love to share with you. The kids are going to get back up in a minute. And we're going to sing. The song is called Glorious Day. And it talks about how we have been changed. How we have been saved by grace. How He has called our name. And we have ran out of the grave. And we are no longer dead. We are alive in Christ. And I pray that as we leave this place, as you go home and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, I know it's been a long one, that, you are, that is your praise, that is your prayer, that is your, your claim that Jesus Christ, you have saved me, I have been forgiven, I am free. And I pray that you make that known. We have so much opportunity around us to make that known. 
And I pray that that is our heart's cry. And so my my vision, Carly talked this morning about just a vision she had. And, you know, I, I guess I had one too. And it's just us singing as loud as you can. And I know that in our church we don't love to sing all that loud sometimes. But, but just singing as loud as you can. And it's not because I asked you to. It's because of, it's what Christ has done inside you. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to pray for us. Kids, y'all can come, come and get your spot. Praise Ben, come back up. If you need to speak with someone, if you want someone to pray with, this altar is open. Uh, it's not going to be like our normal invitation, but if you would like to speak with someone, me and Brother Albert will be up here. Um, and uh, don't waste this opportunity. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, God. We thank you, Father, just for your word. God, for you to just to move, Father, in this place, God, to, to challenge us, God, to uh, just to be honored, Father. And uh, we love you. And we pray. We hope this message will help you in your spiritual walk and growth. For more about Ridgecrest, please visit us on the web at www.rbc-tuscaloosa.com. Have a great day and God bless.